0: If you've got your Bible with you, uh, let's look at let's look at something here for a moment. Amen. Hebrews twelve. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord. You fill our lives with every good thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just honor you and bless you tonight. Thank you for doing good things in every person. Those who've been dissatisfied with life, unfulfilled, discontent. I thank you that they're. I pray even for them now that if they'll find their contentment in you, that you'll that they'll find so much of who you are, and understand who you are in them, that nothing else compares. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I believe I'm sensing things just by the Spirit of God of situations that some people are in. And uh, so if I'm dealing with you, I'm not here. Not everything has to be called out or not everything has to be, you know, revealed before all. But you take it for yourself and know that it's God speaking to you. Amen. How many understand being content in the Lord doesn't mean that... He wants you to have your needs go unmet or just to have nothing in life and just have Him. That's not what it means. It has to do with finding our contentment in Him. He's the reason. And if there's nothing else, I'm good with the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's the place that God can bless and increase more and more. Amen. Got to get our focus. Focus. Everybody say focus. focus. This is important. What are we looking at? Look at 12, 12 and 1, Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What are we supposed to do? Run with endurance the race that is set before us. I mean, if it says endurance, that means it's long. <laughs> that means that there's a possibility, there's the uh, opportunity to get tired or to quit. Just the fact that you felt worn out or you felt tired or you felt like this is kind of challenging, that's not an indication that something's wrong. You're just in a race. Anybody ever been in a race? <laughs> I remember one time in high school they put me in a race. <laughs> it was a uh, That's been so long since I... Not that I'm that old, but track. (laughs) No, just once around, you know. 440. (laughs) Getting these messed up. 220 was the half. Yeah. All right. I ran some of this stuff, but not a lot. Not really. Wasn't really a great runner. I shouldn't even have been out there. (laughs) But they put me in the 440. And uh, that was the worst experience of my life. (laughs) I totally was not uh, uh, in shape enough. I've been going to practice, but they didn't tell me I was running that race. All of a sudden, I've got to do that. You basically sprint for a quarter mile. Who in the world sprints for a quarter mile? (laughs) Anyway, I didn't come in last, praise the Lord. (laughs) And that's just because I was at the end, and I'm like, and there were people coming, so I picked it up. But I had lost the will to continue. <laughs> if it wasn't for I was going to beat them, that's just part of who I am. <laughs> I didn't win either. Don't get me wrong. It, let's get back to the Word. <laughs> Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, this race he's talking about is the plan of God, right? It's the will of God for your life. We're to run that, but you've got to have endurance because there will be times that if you don't have it, you'll poop out. All right? You'll say, oh, man, can I, keep, can I make it? If you got endurance. How can I do that? Well, verse 2 tells us how. Looking unto Jesus. This is the only way you make it in the plan of God for your life. only way you can continue and stay steadfast and not quit and not fall out of this, this race is you must look unto Jesus. And it says, The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, when Jesus did what He did, He had to look to something too. He had to keep his eyes on the end result. Otherwise, you get bogged down. Everybody with me? What we look at determines where we're going to go and how long we're going to be able to stay on, on course. Praise the Lord. And so we must look unto Jesus. Again, why tell us that? Because the temptation is to look unto something else other than Jesus. The temptation is to look to the flesh. It's to look to another person. It's to look at... The problems. It's to look at look at the difficulty. Man, this thing is like a quarter mile long. I I don't know if I can make it around. Uh, in your in your in your walk with the Lord, you keep looking unto Him. Now I know that sounds elementary, and that sounds simple. Yeah, just look to Jesus. Maybe you sound pie in the sky or theoretical. Yeah, I'm just going to look to Jesus. It really becomes practical. It it really is down to earth in our day-to-day life who we're looking to. And if we were to analyze, I mean, I can tell you, there have been times I just didn't look unto Him. If you're frustrated, (laughs) if you're fearful, all this kind of stuff, guess what? You're not looking unto Him. I don't know if that sounds hard, but looking unto Him is how you make it out looking into that stuff and getting bogged down with the difficulty of a situation is how you quit. And if you look at the problem long enough, you look at the, the arm of the flesh long enough, which is very limited, you will quit. You'll throw in the towel. Amen. Now when I say that, some say, well, I've never give up on the Lord. I'm not necessarily saying you're rejecting the Lord. It's talking about the plan of God for your life. His will for you to carry on and continue walking with him amen let's look uh, at something else here let's look at second chronicles and i think it's 16 yes second chronicles chapter 16 Again, let me say this, what I said earlier while we were worshiping the Lord. It's 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 in my heart that there are some individuals, this applies to all of us, but there are some individuals who are kind of in a real tipping point. And where you look is going to determine where you go from here. And not looking the right direction, you you could lose this one. Doesn't mean you lose your life. Doesn't you know? I'm talking about this situation you're dealing with now. Uh, it could go the wrong way. But you're in church tonight. <laughs> Thank God, and the Lord is wants to help us and give us some direction. Why? Because He wants us to win. Amen. Come on, He wants us to have success and victory. He wants uh, His will and plan to come to pass in our lives. Let's see here. Chapter 16 Second Chronicles 16 verse 1 In the 36th year of the reign of Asa Baasha king of Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah that he might let none go out or come in to Asa king of Judah realize that Israel was split at this time in history I don't know if you know much about that the nation was divided there was Israel and Judah okay then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad king of Syria who dwelt at Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with Baasha king of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad... Heeded King Asa, and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Ijon, Dan, Abel, Maam, and all the storage cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha heard that uh, heard it that he stopped building Ramah and ceased his work. Then King Asa took all Judah and they carried away the stones and timber of. Rama, which Baasha had used for the building, and with them he built Giba and Mizpah. You were wondering where they came from, right? Both Giba and Mitzpah. Mizpah. Mizpah. <laughs> That's how that got started. It's my one of my favorite towns there, and favorite names of a town, both Giba and Mizpah. Verse seven. And at that time, Hanani, and I, Hanani. Yeah, that guy. The seer. Now, who's a seer? A seer is a prophet. Old Testament. They called them seers oftentimes. Came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Wow, Look. listen to that language. Because you relied on Him and not me. He said, verse 8, Were the Ethiopians and and the Luban not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, He delivered them into your hand. Why did He deliver them? Because they relied on Him. What if they hadn't relied upon Him? He wouldn't have delivered them. Now this is a verse we all know and quote sometimes. Verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. Who does the Lord show Himself strong on behalf of? Those who are loyal. Loyal to Him. Now I want you to hold on to that word. Think about loyal. Now, in this you have done foolishly. How he looked to uh, the natural realm, a natural person to rescue them. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Wow. Then Asa was angry with the seer. Isn't that common about human, with human flesh? <laughs> Kick the delivery boy. He's just there delivering a word, and you get all upset. Have you considered that maybe it was God talking through him? (laughs) He gets upset with the seer, and he put him in prison. Wow. For he was enraged at him because of this, and Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Now, Asa, if you look at the history of the nation, was considered to be one of the good kings. There's a lot of good things that he did. And he 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 moved that nation in a positive way, away from uh, idolatry and a lot of stuff that, uh, that his predecessors were in. And so he, he's considered a good king. But, you know, sometimes you can be doing a lot of good stuff for the Lord, but you miss it in some areas. And he really missed it here. And it cost him when he did. How did he miss it? Watch. He missed it in this. He was not loyal to the Lord. He was not loyal. What do you mean he wasn't loyal? What does the word mean here? It means that he didn't rely upon the Lord. Sometimes people think, I'm loyal. That means, and I know it can mean different things, but I'm loyal, that means I'm never going to leave the Lord or... I'm never going to, you know, just turn my back on him or renounce him. I'm loyal. I'm always going to be there. But this context shows us that loyalty means that you continually rely upon him. And what did he do? Now, think of the opposite of that. The opposite, then, is he relied upon man. He saw himself in a bind, he was in a pickle. And he thought, what am I to do? I know a guy over here. I know someone over here. If I can get him to do this, that will solve my problem. I think there's a great temptation for us to act this way today. When we run up against trouble, we immediately think about, who can I get? Who can, who can help me? Who can solve my problem. Amen. And if someone comes saying the contrary, <laughs> you get mad at them. Because the flesh wants to be mad at somebody and we kind of really know we can't be mad at God because he's right. <laughs> he's just He's right every time and so we know in our heart I can't be mad at him so we're going to pick out somebody else who told us something. But loyalty has to do with this. Now again, let's back up. Who does God show himself strong on behalf of? Those who are loyal to him. Who are those who are loyal to him? Those who rely upon him and not rely upon man's some natural source for your deliverance. See how this is this this is strong language. Uh, verse eleven. It says now now that the acts of Asa first and last are indeed written in the book. Of the kings of Judah and Israel. And in the thirty-ninth year of his reign. Asa became diseased in his feet. And his malady was severe. Yet in his distress. He did not seek the Lord. But the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers. And died in the forty-first year of his reign. What does. What does it state as the reason that he died? Again, he was still in that pattern of relying upon the flesh. He was still in the habit of, and although he served the Lord and did so many good things for for his nation and, and, and for the people of God, he got into this habit where he began looking to man for everything. He began trusting people for all of his answers and all the provision and all his source. Even when he got this disease in his feet, he, he wouldn't turn to the Lord. Now, now just, I know sometimes people wonder, and let me clarify, this is not teaching that doctors are evil. That's not the message here. It's not. Te- Luke was a doctor. Luke, remember Luke? He got a book. An account of the gospel of, of Jesus. Not telling you that's, uh, that someone's evil uh, if they use a doctor. But, uh, but, but here's the point. Who are we looking to? Over and over through the Scripture, we are supposed to look to the Lord. We are supposed to trust in Him with all of our hearts. Why would we be told, and you can probably think of Scriptures, uh, maybe you are as I'm talking. Uh, why would we be told to be loyal or to put our trust in Him and here's the other word there He did not seek the Lord while He was in His condition but went to the physicians Loyal has to do with I always seek God I'm always seeking Him Why would we be told to seek to rely on to trust in to look unto Him It's because Again, there is a great temptation to not look to the Lord, but look to people, natural solutions. And a loyal person always goes to Him. Always. Amen. Say, but I I can just make one phone call, and I can take care of this are you being loyal to him though trusting him that he's your deliverance and he's your source he had just had to make one phone call right one phone call it was all taken care of and their problem was solved isn't that the main thing as long as the problem solved well God wants your problems to be solved but it's not always just the fact that it is it's about how does it get that way how do we get to that place that matters more amen everybody with me tonight i know this is believers meeting so this is high level stuff you can handle this right amen let's look at mark 5 we're looking to him looking to jesus putting our trust in him in him alone if the lord sends another king with his armies to help you out good good fine but trust in him amen i know of a i know of a woman one time Still know her. Uh, but was dealing with a life-threatening disease. And the Lord dealt with her. Now, I'd say He dealt with her through some other people. Some other people came to, didn't know her, came to her. Said, we want to talk to you. We feel like the Lord wants to say something. And their message to her was... We believe the Lord wants you to go have surgery. Now let me just stop there for a moment. Don't answer my question if you don't want to get caught. <laughs> would the Lord ever? Ha- would the Lord ever tell someone to have surgery? You're not supposed to answer. Yes, He would. Why? <laughs> because what someone receives is not entirely based upon what God can do. If it were all determined uh, based upon God's power, we wouldn't need any any uh, natural thing ever, right? Because how many know He's got enough power to blink His eye and everybody's healed? It's not about never a lack of power. What we receive is not according to God's power, but according to our faith. And sometimes the Lord will because He's merciful and He's kind and He loves us so much, if someone's not going to get it solely through a supernatural means, not because God can't, not because they're not looking to Him just because some because of where they're at, then He, in His mercy, might tell them, go ahead, I want you to go do this, I want you to seek help in, in this area. And that that's still following the Lord. That person's not disloyal. Now, this person, unfortunately, that I'm talking about, took an offense to it. Offense always leads people down the wrong path. Remember, people make decisions because they're mad at somebody else. They're going to make the wrong decision. Anyway, she took offense to this and thought, That's, this is an attack on my faith. And, uh, and someone said, well, what happened to her? Well, she got a free early ticket to heaven. Thank God she saved, loved God, she's in heaven. We'll see her again someday. But she went too early. It's too bad. I thought I think God tried to save her life. You say, well, it's God, he could have done it. Come on now, don't don't act like God just gets whatever he wants. Can't even get some of you to tithe. <laughs> Ooh, low blow. true whether you like it or not huh (laughs) but again we receive according to our faith but here's the deal these things that the Lord has told us to do both through the story of Asa and, and Hebrews 12 and what we're about to read it's because these things are a decision that we make someone said I'm trying to trust the Lord no just turn it on We've made it difficult and think, oh, this is hard. Just flip the switch. I'm telling you, trusting God is about, is about deciding. It's about deciding. I'm going to trust this or I'm going to trust this. Why? Because a lot of it has to do with going back to this. What am I looking at? I choose what I look at. You choose what you look at. Some said, I just can't help myself <laughs> you and I are choosing what we, what we put before our eyes every day we choose what we look at and I'm talking in the physical sense and I'm talking in the mental sense I'm choosing what I'm looking at what I, what I allow to be in my mind what I think about I am making those choices maybe when you're sleeping you might have some crazy dream about flying your car or something but when you wake up Back in your control. Hmm? Well, sometimes I have these dreams, and man, I wake up and I can't get it out of my mind. You can. It's a matter of taking more severe action. Hmm? And when people are dealing with really heavy circumstances, so I just can't stop thinking about it, you can. Don't lie to yourself and, and say, I can't. You must take extreme action in some cases. What kind of extreme action? You fill your mouth with God's word you sing praises to him you get yourself you make yourself think something different but if you sit down in a chair and do nothing you're beat you've got a I mean you can sit down in a chair if you want but get busy in the word get busy speaking life to your situation and your mind will come back and this is our responsibility to do this you see, being loyal to the Lord is a choice we make. Trusting Him is a choice. Praise God. Where'd I tell you? Verse 21, Mark 5, 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to Him, and He was... By the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Okay, so they're going on the way with Jairus to get his daughter healed who's at the point of death right then we'll skip down because then this is when another uh, miracle with the woman who had the flow of blood problem there and so on his way there's another story and then uh, verse 35 while he was still speaking some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said your daughter is dead why trouble the teacher any further how many understand he's got a choice to make now? Yep. Say, what choice does he have to make? Well, he's either going to accept this or he's not. What do you accept in your life? What do you accept as the final word? Is it a bad diagnosis for health? Is that the final word? Is it, you know, a layoff? Is it bad news from a from? far away is it what is it what's the final word in your life what do we accept as the final word and say ah oh. because that'll determine where you go from there and I'm I'm convinced that we accept a lot of things in our lives because we allow it to be the final word it comes and we sit down after we hear it ah oh. Instead, when it comes, we should rise up say, no, I do not accept that. No, it's not going to be that way. I refuse to give in and I refuse to back down, but I believe this is going to turn around. Yes. Amen. What's the final word with you? I think we know the, we know the answer. I'm going to let God's word be the final word with me. Amen. If I see something that's not right in my life, I'm going to check and see if it's allowed to stay. Uh, nope, (laughs) doesn't get a stay. Thank you, Lord. Look what happened here. Verse 36, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, that's, that's right away, isn't it? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. He knew that this was a critical point. This was a turning point in his child's life which at this point is dead, right? The child was dead and Jesus immediately jumped on that because he knew Jairus could immediately go, it's too late, we lost. But he knew if he could catch him. Now listen, someone said, I don't think it was really up to what that guy did at that point. Then why did Jesus say this? If Jairus had nothing to do with this, if it was all about Jesus, this would not be in there. Uh, Jesus didn't say uh you know it's going to be okay I'm here I'm gonna take care of it you just you just chill no he said he jumped on it immediately because he didn't want Jairus' mind going the wrong way and lo- and his him losing that daughter as a result of it he told him you again do not be afraid only believe what does that tell me again this is a choice he had a choice right then what it will what it would uh, what he was going to look at and we have a choice what are we going to look at we're going to believe god we're going to say we're going to throw in the towel and say man it's too late it's over there's nothing i can do this is a this is a dead fish in the water there's nothing that can be changed here choice choice whether i believe or whether i fear is a choice that i make Someone said, The situation sometimes is big. Man, this was big. Isn't it? Your daughter's just died, and Jesus says, Don't look at that. Don't you fear. You just keep believing. How many think on the walk, as they continued on, thoughts came? How many think there were thoughts that came to J. Iris's mind? seeing his baby girl in the coffin thoughts of you know racing back of all the memories and the temptation to feel just terrible to feel sorry to feel sorrow to just think you know what could it have beat yourself up maybe condemn yourself so many things could have come to him and I bet they were what did he have to do he had to obey he had to be loyal to that word Say, I'm not going to look at that. And keep bringing his mind back. I'm only going to believe. Only going to believe. Only going to believe. I'm just only going to believe. Hmm? What happened here? Well, she was raised up. (laughs) What, What does that tell us? That he did what Jesus said. Even in the face of a child at the point and even passed over the point of death, it's possible. Even in the direst of circumstances, it is possible for us to only believe. It is possible for us not to fear a negative result because we know it happened. Amen. Say, but if I had Jesus there, (laughs) we have Jesus here. Come on now. He's no no less here than He was then. I'm telling you. He's no less here than He was then. He's not here physically, but Jesus said, You're better off if I go because the Holy Spirit's going to live in you. We really have a better situation than He did according to Jesus Himself. We have an advantage over this. If He could do it, we can do it. Amen. Let's trust Him tonight.